の日守ると決めた約束はこの Hey everyone, and welcome back to Class 1A, a My Hero Academia podcast presented by Popped Off. As always, I am Andrew Nimsger, but you may know me as my hero name, Advert the Big Business Hero. Alongside me, as always, are your other homeroom teachers, James Graham and Dylan Beal, but you may know them as Apothecary and Fanfic. How are you guys doing after this action packed episode? I'm doing absolutely hyped. This was such a good episode. It's、uh, like this was like one of the episodes we really needed after a lot of that story building to just get like super hyped and super into it. Yeah, I had to do like a double take when I like booted up the episode because the first like the first like five seconds I was like, this doesn't feel like my hero, but then it just like it just kept getting better and better and better.、Uh, yeah, this is this is definitely an episode for your boy. Big fan. I definitely want to talk about that after we go through the outline. Is they definitely changed up first off the announcer voice that they do and how they introduce heroes this episode versus other one. And I found that really weird and kind of not off putting, but it definitely threw me off guard. And it's something I want to talk about after we go through the outline. But I'm like, yeah, this definitely doesn't feel like my hero when they did those. It felt like kind of like a ripoff almost because we are so used to doing the same way for the last three and a half, well, th- four, three seasons in the first couple episodes of this season. But, it, oops, go on. No, I was just going to say, like, I, they, they, they introduced new, new heroes the same, but they didn't introduce previous heroes the same. That was the big change of where they actually had, like, their own little, like, animation and everything like that. It was really neat. We'll talk about that. I, I don't know if I quite agree with that. But we do not have any other big announcements this week. Just, of course, keep sending us love. We've really appreciated all the support and views and everything we've gotten so far. And go, do go check out all the other、um, content we do do on www.poppedoff.com. Yeah, and don't forget to tell your friends about us and leave a five star review on whatever podcast platform you listen to us on because it's always so important for us. Yeah, and if you have any suggestions for us or anything we should add to the show,、um, just let us know. You can hit us up at,、uh, on Twitter at、um, popped underscore off or email us at contact at poppedoff.com. But with that, let's jump into this week's lecture, which is going to be going over season four, episode five. Let's go, Gutsy Red Riot. It opens up with two giant villains fighting. Najiri flies in and blasts them both with their quirk, which we discover is Surge, which I kind of treated that as electrical like quirk. They didn't really explain it, they gave us no explanation on her quirk, which was actually really weird. They almost very rarely do that, but we do know that her、uh, quirk is now Surge. She's kind of able to fly around and shoot stuff out of her hands.、Um, Uravity or Uraka and Froppy slash Sue come flying in with a combined special move to f- shower the villains with rocks. After the fight is over, we're introduced to the number nine heat dragon hero, Ryuku, who is going to be the pro hero agency that Sue and Uraka are working for alongside Najiri. Uh, Ryuku mentions that Night Eye is reaching out to other agencies to team up and said that Uraka and Sue could be helpful for that. The job is going to be investigate and take down Shi Hizazaki. Hasakai. Why did I screw that up so badly this time after I've done it so many times the last couple of episodes? I'm still working on that. But we do flash back to Shigaraki meeting with Overhaul to discuss working together, which you did see in last week's preview. 
The condition is that they will not go under Shihasakai, but instead they're going to work alongside them in a joint partnership and still continue to do whatever they want. Plus, Shigaraki wants to know the plan that Overhaul has and kind of fill them in so that they can then decide if they want to work together. We do not get any more information about what that plan is, but it is clear that this is, they're probably going to end up working together despite a lot of tension in the room and almost a fight breaking out in the middle of it. Um, and then we then go to a couple of heroes on patrol, which are going to be Fatgum, Amajiki, and Kirishima on patrol. Um, Kirishima is only working with Fatgum's agency because he was pretty much forcing Amajiki to introduce him to the agency so that he could work together. Um, we kind of learned that Amajiki really has a weak mental state and kind of a pushover. And if he's insulted or anything like that, he gets very self-conscious about it. Um, Kirishima does kind of make a comment about how he's feeling like he's falling behind some of his other classmates. And he wants to get strong enough so that he can stand next to them. All of a sudden, a bunch of criminals are in a fight and running away. And they run directly into the pro heroes. Fat Gun grabs most of them and one of them gets away. But Amajaki, Amajiki power, um, uses his power to grab them. And we learn that his quirk is manifest. He can manifest characteristics through the things that he eats in his body. And goddamn, is this creative. I don't know if this is in other animes or anything like that. But I have never heard of a quirk like this. And I absolutely loved this when I first learned about it. Um, a guy in the crowd then shoots Amjiki with one of those red pellets that we've seen the last couple of episodes. And then starts running away. He shoots another one quickly at Kirishima. But that gets bounced, bounces off of him because of his quirk hardening. Um, we then see Kirishima chasing the guy into an alleyway when he starts crying about how he just wanted to be stronger and then suddenly ejects himself with some kind of drug that clearly increases his power dramatically. The blades are now sharp enough that they fly all out of his body and can cut through Kirishima's hardering. The guy rambles on about it's, t uh, it's, the time, it's time for people like him to be in the spotlight and the time of the heroes are going down. We do get a flashback as the blades are starting to attack Kirishima. A flashback to him and a couple of the other guys sitting in the dorms. And he was kind of talking about how I don't really have any medium to long range ability. Like I'm kind of at a disadvantage and I can't stand my own. And all of a sudden Bakugo in a very serious and kind of educational way. Kind of flashback to like the time when Kirishima says that I'm going to be an unwavering horse at the sports festival and working with Bakugo. And how it just means that sometimes just not failing means you're strong. When we see with All Might that even though he kind of lost the fight and lost all of his powers, he still was incredibly strong because he stood up and didn't fail. After that, we go back to Kirishima in the moment where he gets extra hard. There is no other way to say that besides he gets really hard in these 30 to 40 seconds where he pretty much becomes unbreakable, which he calls Un Red Riot Unbreakable. The, show, the swords are now shattered, and he is now all of a sudden running at to attack the villain. The villain does one all-out targeted burst from one spot at Kirishima, which Kirishima's goal was to do this to try to protect the blades from hitting anyone else behind him, because they still have not escaped. Kirishima breaks through the all-out attack and uses his ultimate ability, Red Gun Turret, which is him just punching really, really hard, I guess. Unless I missed something. I Come thought, on, man. Cut, cut him some slack. He's he's like he's pretty one-dimensional, right? But, but like, why wouldn't his like special ability getting really hard? Like, that just seems so much more of a special ability than just a punch. That's 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 all I'm saying. We'll talk about that later. Um, the guy seems to be going back to his normal state after taking the red gun turret. 
So Kirishima puts his guard down, but then the villain uses the extended blade to blast out of the alleyway and starts to run away, but flies right into Flat Gum. Fat Gum, oh my goodness. We then learn that Fat Gum's ability is fat absorption. He can absorb and sink anything into his body because he is the BMI hero. Um, after all this happens and the hero of the villain is subdued, all the people in the alleyways, alleyways start praising Kirishima, asking him for his hero name, and thank him. Fat Gum does the same and kind of goes on to say how you're going to be a great he hero one day. Um, we then get a random flashback that I, that I really want to talk about with YouTube because I really don't understand what happened here. We see a flashback to when Kirishima was younger and he ended up not chasing after someone or not doing something and ends up clearly regretting it and feels that's part of the reason why he's weak. Um, we see a girl running away. We see a couple other girls scared. Someone leaning up against ability, a building. It was really kind of very undescript, and I'm sure we'll learn more about that in the future, but that is a flashback to kind of get a little bit more of an insight of Kirishima's mentality. Um, Amajika, Kirishima, and Red Riot are now back on a bridge talking about the drugs, and a cop comes to give them information on what was shot at Kirishima. It ended up being broke, but they did get a little bit of information, and just that these quark-boosting drugs have been popular in Asia and the United States, um, are now just starting to make them over to Japan, and they have never seen something like this that can suppress someone's quirk. Um, Amajiki and Kirishima have a little bit of a moment about how he's unhappy that Kirishima protected him, and how he kind of says he's like Mira or the sun, and he just kind of goes on through this entire episode talking about people are the sun or these bright spots, and that's kind of where his name Sun Eater comes from, because he feels like he's the opposite of that. Um, after that, we do get the end credits, but then we do get a little bit of an extended scene afterwards before the preview. So I'm going to bring it up here just because this episode ended really early in terms of the after credits. So it would have been like a three minute long post credits. So kind of we do jump back to everyone back at class. Everyone is super excited except for Bakugo, who is incredibly pissed about Kirishima, Uraraka, and Sue getting attention online for the awesome things that they've done at their work studies. And we also see that Deku is still really hung up on what All Might and Sir Nida have been saying. He doesn't understand all of it and everything that's going on. But he does know that every day he gets more and more determined to save Eerie. Then after that we do get the preview which we will talk about after we do plus Ultra Award later on with the episode. But let's go way back to the beginning and talk about this episode. Because it's pretty much was combat from beginning to end. We got a couple of new quirks. Let's start by breaking down the scene with Sue, Najiri, Rappi, Dones, I mean, uh, James' favorite character, and Ryuku. So this, to me, the scene was really weird. Like, it, like I think we talked about this a little bit, that it didn't feel like my hero. Um, and I don't know, like, it wasn't hype, really. I, I don't know what it was about it. Like, I really like these characters. I really like Uraka and Froppy a lot, like, as opposed to, like, you know, James, who really doesn't like Froppy, but I, I like both the characters a lot, and I would consider them fan favorites, but it just, like, didn't feel great. Like, it wasn't hype, it was just like, alright, cool, you, you you took down the, the big giants. Like, the only thing I really liked from this was that, like, we got kind of introduced to the dragon hero, which is very cool, by the way. I really like that concept. Which we, but we also don't know anything about her. Like we, like because she didn't do. Just anything. the name is hype she, enough. Yeah, though. yeah, that's true. That's fair. Um, I mean, I think it just kind of speaks to the characters and their strength and like where they're at. Like, I mean, they're up again. They're like paired with a third year who literally took down two people at once because she's you know one of the big three. Um, that being said, though, I I want to I want to comment on the animation leading into it. It felt really 
it felt really chaotic. I thought it was really well done. I thought the the animation throughout this entire episode was incredibly well done. Yes. Um. Yeah, but I think I don't know. To me, I was just like, well, that's what you expect because they're not they're not top tier heroes yet. They're just kind of they're just kind of there and it's like you know to help, right? But I would I would even say like the top tier hero action wasn't anything too exciting. Like I I don't know like maybe maybe it just didn't like resonate with me as well as like maybe you guys. But like it was just like okay cool like. She she did her thing and it was just like a, like, I don't know her her like quirk wasn't super exciting or anything like that and there was nothing about it that really gripped me and got me excited yeah. for that scene. I, I really didn't love her quirk either for being one of the big three. I mean I I think that out of all three of them she kind of has the most straightforward quirk and I think she I think they kind of make up for her being like all three of them were very quirky in a non quirk way but just how their personalities are and I think just like her kind of naiveness or kind of like dumb blonde moments to do for no better way saying like, why are you two fighting? Is it because we have the same quirks? Like, I think that's kind of where they make up for like her straightforward quirk. That's not super interesting because she just kind of makes these little quips here and there during combat. I, I, I don't know. I just, I'm not in love with her character. Like I'm a Jiki, I love Mirio. I love she's, just uh, yeah the quirk's super cool it's super strong like that's why she's there not everyone else seems like they're quirky and weird she just has a really strong quirk and she's just not the brightest star in the sun i mean she's quirky and weird too it's just in like another another yeah. way i guess but i mean yeah I, I there's not nearly as much flair to her her character as there is mirio and uh amajiki so, I really like her outfit, though. Her hero costume is really cool. Her hero costume is really cool, yeah. And, like, I mean, and we've seen, like, I mean, they cover a lot in a very short period of time with her because where we don't kind of really figure out anything about her. She has so much power over electricity, she can fly. She took out two people with gigantification quirks with a 30% range, which is, like, which is probably dick in her power scale, right? So, I mean, like... She's probably, like, insanely powerful, but they're just, like, not really showcasing it, right? And I feel with, like, Lemurio, or, uh, <laughs> Lemillion and, uh, like, Sun Eater, you kind of get everything their core can do right off the bat. You know what I mean? With her, her, it's, like, a power scale thing. With the, these two, it's, like, they're super powerful, but you get exactly what you see right off the bat. Yeah. I can see that. But, yeah. And this is also just kind of a moment where Uraraka and Frappy and all three of them had, like, their own little, like, weird animation when they showed up on screen did you guys like those i like those i don't know man i was into it they it just, showed like branding they didn't match the style at all like i mean so i i i think i i kind of like see like i didn't really think about that too much when until you brought it up james but like the branding of them like that's i guess that's okay but i don't know i don't like change don't give me change place. yeah it seemed a very yeah. out of place give me more of it give me more of it the last three seasons it just felt out of place. I mean, my heroes only had really one big flop, which is the movie. So if they want to check in branding, I'm okay with it, man. But I mean, I, I wouldn't even consider the movie like a huge flop oh, yeah. either. Though I mean, it like, was the like, one. Th it was the one thing we were always we were all like, eh. But I mean, like, because it's the worst. Like the worst thing that they've done is still. Oh, it's okay. Yeah, exactly. Right. So the same with the branding. Like, I, I liked it. I liked it personally. But I mean, but they didn't continue to do it throughout the episode. They, then when Amajiki did it, like he didn't get like that animation. Kirishima didn't. Fat they, well, I think, went back to normal. I, like it just yeah. there was no consistency throughout mm, but the, the episode. But the, dra the dragon lady had a normal one too, though. It was, but it still wasn't the normal hero introduction. The normal hero introduction is very clean normally, and a lot of the bottom of the screen. 
This one kind of went on the side and left. Different font. Like, there is zero consistency with pop-ups this episode when every other episode has always had extreme consistency from start to finish. Yeah, because, like, it, it would be one thing, like, if later in the episode, Kirishima showed up and they were, like... They had spe- like that special kind of thing for him, I but guess, they really didn't. Well, no, I, I guess mean, they, they kind had of that did. I guess they did is like special moves and stuff like that, which was still. But I think weird. that's different. But I mean, I, the, the, I think that's different. The, the, bu- the bulk of the bulk of the episode was centered around Kirishima, where the the other four kind of had just like this like one off introduction, and that was kind of it, right? So they probably tried to jazz it up as much as possible for that brief part, and then you get into like the down and dirty with Kirishima, Fat Gum, and Sun Eater. Well, yeah, yeah let's, maybe. Let's, let's move on to those three and that kind of whole scene there um, and kind of diving into that. Because, I mean, leading up, I mean, first off, what do we think of Amajiki's quirk? I mean, I kind of made my It's incredible. Impression. I mean, people were really hyping up his quirk to be, like, something crazy. And so when it got introduced and it was, like, tentacles, I was like, oh, that doesn't <laughs> seem like something people should get hyped about. That's kind what of you, weird. What you um, but when, when they yeah. went through it. When they went through it with man, like it's manifest, like he can eat something and kind of manifest those abilities. I think that's incredibly cool. That and that's something that like you can go anywhere with that quirk. I think, and that's like interesting, like storytelling. Like you can you can do so much with it. Yeah, I have, I like not only his quirk but his costume is like super cool too. Like the dude is the dude is bomb, and it's really funny too because like, it, it, like the like like right right after their their quick little fight, um. Also, big big shout out to how many one-off comments they had in this episode, mentioning other heroes that we clearly know about. Like as soon as the dude like kind of slinks away, immediately Fat Gum is oh you have the exact same quirk as Edge, Edge oh, shot and being they mentioned uh, Racer too. And then they also mentioned Racer exactly right, so, which is nice because it's like again it's that world building thing where all these other heroes know each other and they all interact and stuff right. So I really like that. But, like, it was the fact that even the crowd, like, loves Amajiki, and Amajiki just doesn't know how to respond to it at all. Like, they love yeah. him, right? I, I do like that personality trait. That, like, he's pretty much depressed, and he has extreme social anxiety. It's kind of how I treat him. He gets really sad and upset about things, especially people that are really happy gets him even more sad. And he doesn't know how to interact around people. And if he has anything kind of insult thrown at him, he takes it very serious. Like, when the villain said, um die scum die or something kind of like that he just goes put his head against the wall behind him like i, I love like that i just love that so much more interesting than um well it's like because i mean the other two have like like this crazy amount of confidence right and like which you'd expect with like super crazy quirks and amajiki just hasn't he hasn't gotten there yet he's just super he's just i don't know he like he just doesn't know how to deal with people yeah yeah no i <laughs> I agree, and I, I, I just, I love all this, and do we think that if um, Amajiki ate a rock, that he could just become Kirishima? Well, no, so, so yeah, I, I guess <laughs> maybe, so when whenever they kind of talked about it, they were talking about, like, oh, he eats certain foods, and he gets, like, the trait yeah. of certain but animals and stuff like that. he eats in his body, you can tell Yeah, and so that means, yeah, no, 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 and so I totally agree. Does it need to be digestible? Like, like, where, where is the limit of this? I mean, and I'm excited to find out what up. the limit is. That's true. I, I'd be really curious to kind of figure that out as well. Wait, hold on. What if, right? What if he ate another hero? Okay, is it bad that I thought about that <laughs> right away too? I was thinking like medications and stuff like that. If he could like, if he could do that stuff with that. But I mean, that's boys, that's messed up. 
<laughs> the contrast uh, you're like oh like what if he could do something cool with medicine we're like what if he what if he ate Minetta? <laughs> Honestly, if I get the Minetta off the show, I'm fine with it. Or he's one of his Minetta's balls. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. Like, what if he... Like, how would that work? Would he be able to manifest them himself? Can you like, eat those? We well, they're supposed to... Eat those? They're, they're very sticky, so I assume you can't eat them because they be like just a, stick to your face. It'd be like a jawbreaker. Yeah, but as long can't as he gets... Can he control what they stick to? I think he has some control over it, yeah, because, like, they... Or else they'd stick to his gloves every time. Right. Oh man! Let's oh man! This this rabbit hole is going deep. Well, it always goes deep. Let's move into the actual combat now, and kind of the whole drug boosting and all that. But really, I know you guys just want to talk about how fucking badass Kirishima is, so I'm just kind of leading you in to talk about that. So I I, I guess I do want to touch upon like the whole like uh, drug boosting and like the drug to take away powers. This is a really cool setup for this arc. I I, I we talked about it a little bit last week. Um, but I think this is really cool. I'm really excited to see where this goes because I'm really thinking that like there's going to be like a like kind of like the conclusion of it is like a permanent boost to powers or maybe a permanent like um, removal taking away of powers. Yeah. I, I think that's where it's going to go. Also, absolute Omega lol at them saying like the drug is very popular in America. Like, of course, the drug. Of course it is, man. Of course, it, of course, but it lasts more very funny. than in Asia. Yeah, well, they said it's it, got the real yeah, stuff. It it's the inferior, in America, yeah. But they only last like twenty minutes in uh, Asia. I thought there's this all weird world building. Like I, I totally understand that, but I feel like the times of like inferiority between like America and all that kind of it just seemed weird. Kind of going well, into that well, no, it's show. he's 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 weighing in on the potency though, is what he's saying because because the because the drug is outright banned in Japan. Because it's literally it's illegal. I'm sure. No, no, but that's just it. He, it's not. It's not banned in Japan. It's not banned in America. That's why it lasts so long, right? And because, and the, he gave the reasoning for it. People with weaker quirks, it's meant to give them, you know, it was some amplification and like, you know, it's like a, it's a steroid. It's literally a steroid, right? So I mean, America's juicing. Yeah, America's juicing. They're they're superheroes, right? Like, why are we surprised? But yeah, yeah, yeah. Kirishima, Kirishima becoming like literally the, the, like the flashback and then we get the flashback within a flashback that was perfect i love that right i don't like it just it just speaks to kirishima's character so much especially because like he's right man like he's like like for somebody who has like such a like a like a like a big personality and it's very like sure of himself and stuff like that he, i can see why he started to feel like he was like kind of falling behind the pack because he doesn't have anything flashy he doesn't have anything crazy he can't Make his quirk do long-range stuff, right? So, I mean, All Might tells him just be a bulldozer, and I mean that's exactly what he did. And we yeah, really I think don't this... know much about him either, which I kind of liked a little bit this episode. And I like the tease of a, like more information on him because he is probably one of the. He, I'd say he's in the top five for kind of at least for uh, class members, top five most kind of seen outside of uh, maybe top six. But um, we know nothing about his backstory. We know about Bakugo. We know about Todoroki. Uraraka we have a little bit. Sue we don't really have much, but she got her own episode anyways. Um, so just we don't really know anything about him either. So kind of having a focused episode and a tease of learning more about him clearly is going to be a big part of the season. I was a really big fan of that. I really like the idea that we're going to get more about him. Yeah, and I really like the fact that he kind of went from being Bakugo's goon to like actually becoming in his own now so i really like the fact that they took him away from bakugo so now he can you know 
become like a good hero and like advance and become better without sitting in his shadow all the time. I'm so 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 glad they did that because that's really cool, and I'm I'm glad they're developing characters that way. Yeah, because Kaminari kind of suffers from the same thing, and he's just recently starting to get that. With uh, I think I think it was really the like the entrance exam um, episode where he he's now got his like his gun thing that kind of again kind of starts setting him further and further aside from from Bakugo, right? Because you're right, like I mean the two of them are kind of Bakugo's goons, not really his like he's not their equals. So yeah, they kind of did that, and we had that weird flashback. Where he was like a kid, and it looked like um, what's her face, the alien queen. Yeah, did yeah, it look, it, it did look. That's who I thought it was. Yeah, exactly. So right? I, I, I think what the implication probably is is that they went to high school together, and maybe something happened in high school of where he couldn't, you know, um, save something or like something happened. He couldn't step up to the plate. I think that might be what's going on. I, I can see that, but it's just weird that like you'd think there'd be like subtle hints of like this trust or something like that between pinky and kirishima like there's just no kind of like i i I, the reason i don't think it's pinky but i could also see it being pinky it's just like there's no setup for it like she doesn't look at him with like a dirty look every so often or talk a little differently to him like just i'm not saying that she has to yell at him but like just interact no but i mean it doesn't have to be that way because sometimes when things happen to people one side is heavily swayed on it so I'm guessing this is an event where uh, uh, where he feels that he didn't step up to the plate and he let people down. But obviously everyone around him is like, no, dude, like, you know, it all happened to us. Like, we all went through this together. Like, it wasn't a big deal. So I think that's probably why it's because, like, if you would ask Pinky about it, she was like, oh, yeah, like, X happened to us. And not think, like, oh, he didn't step up or, like, he didn't help us in this situation. I yeah, like I mean, you got to think, you got to, you got to think with her, her personality too, right? Like that, like her holding a grudge doesn't really line up too much, considering how like fleeting she is normally, right? But uh, yeah, no. So we get to see a bunch of like Kirishima's like his moves, which I put in air quotes because it's like it's literally just him like punching somebody in the stomach, doing a counter, He's getting hard uh, and him punching. Yeah, and then he, yeah, like his like unbreakable thing was, That's I don't know, cool. man. What that, is that like, sound is his whole body creaking. I loved that line. And this is like absolutely iconic. Like if you think about like iconic panels, because everyone was talking about this in the manga, that this like him like in his unbreakable form, iconic panel. So and like th- they animated it so well. And the one thing that always gets me with my hero that I love is when they do those like super high definition shots with the heavy, heavy shading on them. Oh my god, I love those scenes. They're so good, and it, it just, it, it looked amazing. It looks so good. Yeah, and just, just the aesthetic of him, too, man. Like, he becomes like this, he becomes like this, like, I just, like, well, I described him in the pre-show as, like, a golem, right? Like, I mean, that's literally what he becomes, right? And, uh, like, with his teeth and everything like that, like, I think it's just, like, it's just a cool aesthetic, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, and his eyes, too, like, they do a close-up of his eyes, and you could see that they have, like, the little rock cracks in Yeah, them. his eyes have actually hardened, oh, too, right? so good. And the, the, the part that kills me about Kirishima is, like, he's trying to sympathize with the dude about why yeah, he is the way he is. dude. And then he just gets, and he gets bamboozled, and he runs off, and he, he runs into fat gum, right? But don't just shoot a man and then run away. That's not manly. <laughs> Yeah. And like that's that's a big thing I like about like about his like aesthetic too is he's very like macho esque like him and Tetsu Tetsu always had that very like who's more macho than the other one 
so it's it's so nice to see that like as a constant thing when you get these like these isolated episodes that they clearly remember this is a clear part this is a like a, a like a defined part of the character we need to stick with this right so they just he's just like yo dude it sucks that you're not as strong and powerful but don't be a bitch don't run away from me man like yeah no my yeah Again, I, I loved everything about this episode. I just love Kirishima. And the, every science scene we get with him, I definitely want more of him. And he's definitely really, really growing on me really quickly. I think we do need to, I, I kind of just to backtrack a little bit, we do need to talk about Shigaraki and uh, Shot. Yeah. She, she's like little meetup, right? Because that was, there was some pretty intense emotion there too, right? I mean, when, when Shigaraki went to go like reach into his coat, like, like, she's boys were on him real real quick and then there was the whole like disrespect thing with like the table and stuff like that which i think is like it's like a tad symbolic of like the power struggle between the two of them because like she clearly likes like order and stuff like that because i mean he's he's a Kuza, right and shigaraki's just like i don't i don't care man like i, I work out of a dreary like you know t- like rundown bar right yeah well no and it's again this is another part where i had a problem with it is they mentioned the quirks of the two sidekicks for Shig- um for overhaul, but again no explanation. And the next like one was chronostasis, one was mimic. What the hell do those mean? Like, well, chronostasis means like freeze time. Like that's what chron- like show time. That. He was just he was just there. Is that what it means that he was able to get there so fast because he was able to freeze time? Like just the fact that they're still introducing quirks without explaining them is not my hero. And that's another problem I had with this because we could have cut out, but I'm just saying we didn't need the whole part after the credits where everyone in class is getting excited. I would rather have that minute of them explaining Dragoon's quirk, of explaining Surge, of explaining the side quick kicks quirks. Like explain the quirks that we're going to be seeing over and over again rather than that. That's the one problem I had this episode is too many things were introduced without any kind of explanation. So I think that's kind of okay, though, is because it makes sense when we're introduced to the class members, right? Here's the class member you're going to see for like five seasons or however many seasons they do. Let's explain their quirk and give them their own little thing. I think when you introduce like side characters or like I, I like even like the the, the Dragoon character, right, is a, is, is a big hero. I don't think you necessarily need to go. He, let's explain their quirks. I think it's let's let's like hint upon it. Let's let you know that they're there. We're gonna keep them in the background. They're gonna come up again, but just keep up, keep them, keep it in the back of your mind. I, I like that approach to it. And I think it's, I, I like the non-heavy-handedness of it because like if they if they because it, it didn't fit the tone of the scene. So like in in that scene, if they're meeting and stuff and it's super tense, and like mimic came out like uh like when he reached into his coat and they were like, this is overhaul's uh sidekick mimic who can do so like that would be weird and that would be jarring and that wouldn't fit the scene but instead giving him a name that kind of like gives you a sense of what his power is maybe he just and made let a you giant guess. arm no no but it, it lets you guess on what his full quirk is i think that's really good i think that's a good way to approach it from like a tone aspect i don't know i'm i'm, I'm more i'm more on the side of, of dylan because i mean like yeah like why why waste i mean i could see more of an argument for like dragoon and stuff like that where they are a good not side kick hero right uh and we're clearly gonna see more of her because we're gonna have that giant ass meeting but i mean that's that's like in the that's in the preview but i mean like i know man sorry um but yeah like I, i just think like 
I think more with the good heroes, you can kind of get away with it, who aren't blatant sidekicks. But at the same time, like, these guys are blatant sidekicks. And they're, like, they're not even sidekicks. They're, like, henchmen. So, I mean, and we all seen how, like, she, like, kind of treats them all. He just, like, one-offs them whenever he wants to. He's just like, poof, you're done. So, yeah, I but I guess there wasn't... I, I, I kind of skipped over that and jumped into the whole Kirishima point because there wasn't... I just There wasn't much there. Conversations are still happening. They're going to end up working together. I don't doubt that. The plan's being shared. That that's that's what happened there. There's tension. They still don't trust each other. Like I just didn't feel like much happened there for us to really dive into. We had a little good conversation here, but I mean, is there anything else you guys really want to dive into on that other than like, hey, they're still going to work together. Like it's still going to be the crossover this season. I really like the the power struggle that they keep alluding to, and I think that's what the importance of the scene is. Um, cause I, I forgot who brought it up, but like him just like putting his feet onto the table yeah, and stuff, yeah, exactly. having small things like that is really good because like it wouldn't like from a tone perspective, it wouldn't be good if they were just like, all right, let's gang, let's, let's gang up and, and be super evil together. And instead they're setting up this thing of where they're almost enemies, but like, because they're villains, they're trying to work together to get the same outcome. But you see, they're clearly different and them setting up scenes of where they're working through that and they're realizing that they're very different but they're they're fighting against each other to work with each other is like i don't know i think it's really good i love 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 setup like that yeah no, I'm, in, I I'm, like I'm, I'm, I'm yeah i'm in the same boat yeah um is there anything else we want to kind of wrap up on this episode i feel like we got to talk about all the main parts unless still and you look like you have one more thing you want to bring up so i have two things uh so i have a trivia bit bit that we can do right at the very end um, and then, but before that, I want to talk about background Bakugo and how awesome it is. Just <laughs> he, like, like him in the background, just having like his super ex- like expressions and everything. I love it. It's so good. We also knew quick credit to like best friend Bakugo too, who also like picked Kirishima up like in his typical Bakugo fashion, but like still being kind of a dick. But like you know, like he, but he was clearly like supportive. He's like, dude, you're like you literally don't want to break and that makes you like the strongest out of everybody right and coming from bakugo who again we've seen has such an issue with like anybody being even closely more powerful than him but for him to encourage his buddy being like dude you're just as strong don't feel bad right good guy bakugo yeah i was i was happy with bakugo you're clearly seeing character development there even in the background even to that flashback that shows a lot of character development at least for the people he cares about He's definitely much more serious around that. I do appreciate that. I definitely came around in Baku in season three. And seeing even a couple flashbacks here and there does give me a little bit of hope for him in the long run. Oh, and Kirishima, or not Kirishima, Kaminari's not going to not gonna charge his phone anymore, which I thought was which I, I thought that. was really... Yeah, it was nice. Like, again, it was nice little, like, chuck-ins were great. But all right, Dylan, let's hear what your little bit is. All right, so this is going to lead fairly well into our next segment. But do you know... So, so it's Spain, right? The country of Spain in the real life, you know, countries typically have mottos or sayings or whatever. Do you know what Spain's motto is? Plus I'll give you a hint. Plus ultra. It's Latin. Yes. Yeah. It is. What do you say? It's plus ultra. Really? Spain's, Spain's country motto is plus ultra, which is a Latin phrase, obviously for go beyond, but that's it. That, that, I didn't know that. I, I'm sure like there, there's that. a, there's plenty of people listening that have known that and that's like a. A, a big my hero like trivia thing but i just found that out today and i was like oh that's cool i like that i like one that too co- one of your co-hosts know it man come on dude well maybe you should share that with us and do your little yeah old bit of maybe, maybe i thought we all knew more. i thought it was oh. like common knowledge 
Get out of here, you damn Canadian. But that is going to lead us perfectly <laughs> into everyone's favorite weekly segment, the Plus Ultra Award. And I'm just saying, if we don't agree on this, you do not get a vote. Because I'm going to lead with it. And it is Kirishima from beginning to end. Absolute badass. So much character development. We're getting more of him. He went beyond by literally getting harder, pushing his quirk farther than he had to the very limits. And he saved everyone there. No one got injured. He's in the spotlight. Dude's going to be a fucking pro one day. I mean, this is a brain-dead answer. Yeah, yeah, easy, yeah. easy answer, because this is, like, quintessential plus ultra. Like, he is going beyond. Like, he was, like, he was he was getting hard. I was getting hard. I was loving it. Jesus. Yeah, dude. Right, it was you're cute. still suspended next week. Don't worry, Dylan. <laughs> you still, it was... you still found a way. Oh, my God, dude. Yeah, it's 100% Kirishima. There's no, like, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Um, I mean, yeah, because, I mean, you can't even even think about giving it to Sun Eater, right? Who was, like, who's there for most of it, right? But at the same time was, like... Yeah, dude, like, Kirishima showed up. Plus, we had that crazy scene with him going, like, super hard. Like, I mean, you can't beat that. I, I agree. Plus, you'd give Kirishima the vote no matter what. I, yeah, if Kirishima was in the episode, even for, like, a snippet, I'd be like, yo, <laughs> give it to our boy, right? That's what I thought. But let's lead into a preview as we are getting close to the end of the episode. And that is going to be kind of a tease of all the agencies finally coming together for one giant meeting, including the hero agencies from the big three. All of the work-study students and the other pro heroes that we have seen. We saw Gran Torino. We saw um, Eraser. We saw, I think we saw Edshot. Uh, we saw just a lot of people that we've seen throughout the entire show. All in one room, plus others, to talk about Shihisasaki Hasaki and discuss what they believe their plan is. And clearly, we're finally going to learn how Eerie comes into all of this because they did kind of make a tease towards that and Mirio and Deku looking so surprised at the very end. But I think this is going to bounce back to being a very slow episode again next week, a very much of a setup that's going to lead to action, action, action. Where all, like, the the next couple episodes after that will probably be the war, and then this one is going to be the total setup. Yo, I'm yeah, not... I'm, I'm, go ahead, sorry. No, 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 go, go. I'm just pissed that, it, like, in a Kirishima-centered episode, it still went back to Deku. Come on, man. I don't need this. Well, you gotta yeah, wrap I'm it really... into the bigger story somehow. Like all this, this episode was just like, "Hey, these are the other classmates that are going to be doing it because they're working with the other big three, and we've made it clear that the big three agencies are going to work together." Like that—that's just what this was. But also giving a spot, a chance for Kirishima to the shine, but also setting up like, "Hey, these are the people we're about to, to introduce next F week because otherwise we'd have to introduce forty people. Now we just need to introduce twenty people." <laughs> Now those twenty people, like aesthetically, a lot of them look super sick. Like one that look, looks like, like Lucio Overwatch. One one does look like Lucio from Overwatch. I absolutely. But there's this dude who's like a bunch of like Metal Gear who looks like he might be like of the, like the uh, the Ida family. Like that. Like you know. Yeah, dude. I'm I'm excited. Yeah, I'm. I think the thing I'm most excited about is seeing what role um, the students play in this grander thing because we saw from uh the other season of when they uh did the all for one fight um that like the 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 professional heroes are just 
like leaps and bounds above the students, like in terms of their power level. So I'm, I'm excited to see where they fit the students into it um, and what role they play exactly. Because I love that separation of power and I hope they don't break it down too much and they still give the students minor roles, but things that fit for them. Well, that's exactly what's going to happen. It's probably going to be the work-study students being the back line, the big three being like right in front of them, then it's the pro heroes. And then it's probably going to end up like, oh, the pro heroes are distracted like this. And then the big three plus the work studies run into the actual villain. That's how that's how it's going to go. And I they're going to be in the back line where they shouldn't be and they're going to run into the enemy. I feel like yeah, that's like, what always happens. It's usually what happens. But I mean, like, that being said, though, like with the All Might and All for it One still fight. It could be they, a good story, though. They were, like, I mean, they were not, they were, like, a part of the story, but they weren't, like, the focal point. So I still feel like these... Like, I mean, there's a total of like 24 of them, like in the you know, around the table, um, plus plus Night Eye. So I mean, like I don't know, and seven of them are students. So I'm sure like they'll probably be there, just like more like supporting more than anything. Yeah. I don't, know. I I don't want to get hung up on the idea that like some oh big, some big thing happens and they get caught up in it. Like I I don't know, I hate playing into that because it always seems to happen, but it's it's probably gonna happen. Is it trope? But we it will can see. still be a good trope. What yeah. Were saying, Sorry. I was going to say, we will see what happens. Yeah, we will see next week what happens. Is there any last cleanup, last moment things we want to touch on? James, I know I kind of cut you off there. Did you have a thought to continue on, or are you just... No, no, that was up? it, dude. I'm just, yeah, just rambling. Yeah, like always. We're always all rambling on here, but we enjoy, and that's why we went all the way to our 40-minute mark this week. One of our longer episodes, but we love talking about Kirishima and badass things and getting hard, so why would we not talk the entire time about it? But... Thank you all so much for attending this week's session of Class 1A. Next week, we'll be continuing our weekly recaps of My Hero Academia. Yeah, and let your friends know about us, guys. Let your friends know who watch the show um, or, you, like, you know, or you're trying to get them into it. This is a kind of good way, a nice little segue to be like, this is some groundwork. We're laying some, we're, like, explaining some extra stuff for them. So, yeah, you know, one and the same. It'd be great. Yeah, and make sure you check out poppedoff.com and twitter.com slash popped underscore off for all the updates on this podcast and all the stuff that we do. But class will be dismissed for this week. And we hope to see you.